Well, good morning, everybody. Do you know what the hardest job for a pastor is? Following that. Amen. Can we get a resounding amen? How do you ever follow the kids program? You're all ready to go home. The chiefs are on a little bit, right? Well, I get to add to their story, and we will have you home before the chiefs game. So, what a joy to be here. Can we give them one more big round of applause? They always work so hard. We'd like to welcome everybody here to Westview Community Church. If you are our guest, my name is Brian. I'm our lead pastor. And when you walked in the door, you got this worship guide. If I can just take a minute before we talk about the sermon and add on to the kids program here a little bit about this. There's some, these are our most important events that are kind of going on. There's always a lot going on. Uh, but these are the big events, so just paying attention to those. Those angel tree, it's our chance to give back to our community, uh, getting that giving spirit. That angel tree is right outside these doors. If you picked an ornament where you're providing gifts for a family, those are due today, so please get those back. If you're thinking, man, I missed out, you didn't. I think there's still ornaments, isn't there, Melissa? There's still like an ornament or two there, like for gift cards and things that help people with food and gas during the year. So those things, you can just walk out to our angel tree out there, and there's people there to help you. Uh, we have the young adults ice skating tonight. Uh, this midweek finale meal, this is our last life group thing on Wednesday nights. And so there's a big meal there that you can all come to. Uh, I think you can RSVP right there to Wayne at that email address. Youth Christmas party. And of course, again, our Christmas Eve candlelight service times, which are different than, than well, they're actually like last year. So just pay attention to that. Also, this Connect card's really important to us. If you are a guest with us today, we would love you fill this out, tear it off, give us an email address or a phone number. You can drop it in a box right here when you're walking out these doors or go to our Welcome Center. But on behalf of our church, we're glad you're with us. Even if you're here watching your grandkids or whatever today, we're glad you're with us, worshiping with us today. On the back, there are these uh, places that you can do prayer requests. We pray all week long. We never miss one of these. And so make sure if you want uh, us to be known, a prayer request, a praise request, anything we can help you with, uh, fill that out and drop it off also in those boxes. For those of you who are online with us, we love that you're with us. These things are connected to our online posts on Facebook Live and so forth also. Last thing. On the back are these sermon notes. We're going to talk a little bit about what the kids set up. We're going to carry that just a little bit further together, going to God's Word together. You can fill that out, and it's kind of an outline of what we're going to talk about next. And so let me jump right in. I, I'm going to actually start with a sermon note. That very first one, Christmas is a holiday known for giving. And you're thinking, well, that's not really a rocket science statement, isn't it? But let's think about this a little bit. Christmas is a holiday it's known for giving. This time of year, it changes us. And unless we're having a bad time, this is like, this kind of wells up in us. Our giving is noted. Our heart starts to just expand. We love giving this time of year. Our joy expands. Our credit start card statement expands, like it's five, six pages long. So as I was thinking about this, is like, it is. It's marked by giving. So why do we love to give and get, let's be real here, why do we love to give and get gifts at Christmas time? And so I started researching, you know, just humming around the World Wide Web and found out, you know, sociologists, psychologists will say, well, here's why people give, especially around Christmas time. They give because it is a way, we give gifts to connect. 
We give gifts to connect to people, or we reconnect. And I kind of thought about this. Like our, our son, who's a pastor up in Illinois, we, if he's watching, we packed a big box, and I shipped it off UPS yesterday. It's my way of reconnecting, even though we won't see him this Christmas. And so we send that box off, but it's, it's our way to connect. It's how we connect. Gifts. And it's how we reconfirm our commitment or connectment. And once that connection is made, it expresses how we love or appreciate somebody, right? I mean, this isn't really, but just think that's at the heart of it. We give to connect, and it allows us to express love and appreciation for whomever. So that made sense. So I thought, well, then, as these questions go through my head, well, who started giving in December? Like, who started this? You ever think, you, you ever spend all night thinking about these things? Who started giving in December? So I researched that. Well, some say it started at Stonehenge in 2300 BC, that they used to gather around Stonehenge and they used to have a feast and they gave gifts. And as they, as they excavate the site, they see all these things. And it's like, so that it started 4,400 years ago. And some say, no, it's not that. It's this, it's this feast, uh, this moment called, around December, uh, it's called Saturnalia. Saturnalia is, is around ancient Roman time, the third week of December, where they did feasting and gift giving to honor the god Saturn. How many of you people honor the god Saturn every year? Good. Some said, let's, let's move up, that's, that's 2,000 years earlier, let's move up another 400 years. Some said, in, in about 4th century AD, some said it was this bishop who used to sneak around at night and he'd leave gifts for children and for the poor. Do you know who that was? St. Nicholas. He's a bishop. Some said, well, that's when it started. But I'd imagine many of you are like me, kind of a Christmas traditionalist who believes it really started 2,000 years ago when these wise guys went on a long journey to give gifts to the newborn baby born in a manger in Bethlehem. But what if Christmas really isn't about giving? What if at the core of Christmas, it's not about giving? If we take away Christmas, Think about this. If we take away Christmas, would you still feel like giving? If we take away Christmas, would you still feel like giving? Think about that. Advent is a four-week series as we march towards Christmas to celebrate it. And in this four weeks, we've been doing a sermon series called Imagine No Christmas. And we've actually been taking away Christmas. We, we've been taking a look at life. What would happen if the first Christmas never happened? And we got this idea from John Lennon's song 50 years ago in 1971. John Lennon wrote the song Imagine. And when you look at that song, you look at the lyrics, John was writing about, um, I'm not trying to just, I'm not trying to make him like a bad guy, but he says, this is where we find peace, joy, hope, and love. If we don't have countries and religion and capitalism and heaven and hell, the things that he says in his song would divide us. So we kind of sprung off that saying, well, we actually think peace, hope, joy, and love come from the very first Christmas. That's where all four of these concepts come from. So we've been taking Christmas away to try and see it. So week one, we talked about imagine no Christmas tree. 
We talked about if Jesus didn't come, we would have no new life now, born again. We would not know what a resurrected body, we wouldn't know what resurrection is. We wouldn't know what happens when we die, and we wouldn't know about hope of heaven as resurrected people. And so we use the Christmas tree, it's evergreen. It means in the winter, in the summer, it's always green, and that's our lives. Because of Christ's coming, we have new life now. And we have new life in eternity. We're evergreen. Second week, we talked about imagine no Christmas lights. We went back to ancient Israel, right at the end of the Old Testament, one of the darkest times in the world, so dark, and then Jesus came as a light in the darkness. So many scriptures that talk about Jesus as light in the darkness. And if he didn't come, we'd still be in that darkness. And we talked about today is just as dark as it was back then, arguably. But yet the difference is Jesus did come and that light is in us. So imagine no Christmas lights. So this week, it's our second sermon note. Imagine no Christmas presents. We've been talking and singing all about presents. The Christmas tree you see here has no presents under it. Why are there no presents? I want to joke because we're all sitting on those container ships out off the port of California right now. That's freaking some of us out, right? Like, is it going to get here on time? No presents. Imagine a season where there is no giving, no reason to give. If Jesus never came to earth on that first Christmas day, Imagine how long winter would be. Imagine all the things we talked about. Imagine if he didn't come on that first Christmas day, imagine no new life, we're still in darkness, but we have no reason to celebrate or respond by giving this time of year. Imagine this, no New Testament. In the Bible, there's no section called a New Testament. It springs off the birth of Christ. So if there's no New Testament, then imagine that we only know God through the Old Testament. Now why is that important? We would only know God through the last book of the Old Testament, the book of Malachi. We would only know God as a transcendent God, a God who is up there, out there. Uh, I always joke, kind of like a distant uncle. You know a distant uncle you've never met, but you know he exists? As of the book of Malachi, nobody had seen ever God. They saw his glory. People could see God's glory. God manifested himself, but nobody, it's in the scripture, nobody had ever seen God. They've seen his glory. They've seen him as a burning bush, a pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night, a whisper, a smoking pot, a burning torch, a whirlwind, a vision, a dream, and through countless angels, we see God's glory or a manifestation, but nobody has seen him. And because of that, we tend to look at the Old Testament God in just that limited picture, and we draw this view of God as awesome, but maybe frightful or judgmental or wrathful because he's there, he's out there, he's not here. We see him in a tabernacle while the Israelites are traveling for 40 years in a desert. We see him in a temple, and other times his presence is there. You can approach his presence, but you can never see him. You can never see him. 
There's this great chasm throughout the Old Testament between humanity who God creates and the creator. And that chasm is caused by sin. The holy and perfect and not so perfect people are separated by this massive chasm. And I think that's why we have this misperception of the God of the Old Testament. Imagine that with me. But we do have a New Testament. Amen? It starts with the birth of Jesus. It kicks it off. And this birth sees, uh, it changes. It changes how we see God. I ran into this story, I think it's amazing to share here. Uh, T.F. Torrance, he's one of the great theologians of the 20th century. But prior to being one of the great theologians, he was an army chaplain serving during World War II. And he writes about one day in the battlefield in Italy, which was a brutal battlefield, he was attending a dying 19-year-old soldier. And a dying man asked him, Padre, is God really like Jesus? Can you imagine in your dying moments that this is on your mind? Padre, is God really like Jesus? For T.F. Torrance, this question captured, he said, the deepest cry of the human heart. Is the God that we'll meet on the other side of death the same God that came to earth as a lowly babe? I'll come back to that story. So let's go back to giving again. Sociologists, psychologists say we do it to connect. And in that connection, we express our love and our appreciation. The first Christmas day, 2,000 years ago, there was a gift given to connect. So let's look at our third sermon note together. God's great presence, God's great present is presence. 2,000 years ago, that first Christmas day, God's great present to connect was his presence. The gift given on the first Christmas was God himself in the form of his son, Jesus. Now to help us understand that, let's go to Isaiah 7, 14. And the scripture reads, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means exactly what the kids shouted there at the end. God with us. And just as they shouted it, when you read this in scripture, it is a shout. This is a shout, God with us. Why is it a shout? We imagine when Isaiah wrote this, it was 700 years before Jesus came. When Isaiah wrote this in a dark time of Israel, Isaiah was talking about the, the, the God is gonna send. And who he's sending is understood in the name Emmanuel. Who God is sending is God himself. 
So many people in the Israelite nation knew God as that transcendent God, that distant God, that God that his presence was so holy, so hard and so close to get to and only seen his glory. And Isaiah is saying, God will be with us. Do you know how much that rocks this nation? How much they're looking forward to a Messiah? Because that Messiah means God will be with us. Not out there, not in there, with us. It's why they anticipated a Messiah so much. And then we jump to Romans 5, verse 8. In the New Testament, it reminds us, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Romans said God sent his son. The letter to the Roman church, God sent his son to show us his great love. Why did God come to earth as Jesus? It was a gift to connect. He wanted to connect to us. Actually, I think reconnect. We were connected in the garden. Sin disconnected us. God's reconnecting with us through this gift. He wants to show his great love. How did he show his great love? Because that young babe would grow up to be a man and would live, love, and die and resurrect for us, which bridges that chasm that now we can see God. So going back to my first statement, Christmas isn't about giving first. Giving is a response to what we see in Christmas. That's why we love to give because of how we've been given. So then if Christmas isn't about giving, what's it about? It's about revealing. At the heart of the Christmas story, the first Christmas story, it's about revealing. Jesus came to earth to reveal to us three things that are very important. It's your fourth sermon note. Jesus reveals first what the Father is like. So the first thing, the most important thing that Jesus has shown us is he's shown us what the Father is like. He came to reveal God to us. We see God up close. We see God personal. We see the fullness of God in this baby who grows to be a man. We see everything about God through Jesus. Let me jump into John 14, verse 8. Philip is one of his closest friends, 12, the apostles. And John, or Philip says to Jesus, he said, Philip said, Lord, Jesus, show us the Father. Show us the Father, and we'll be satisfied. And Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Philip, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Now that word Father is so important here. When we jump back into the Old Testament, there's 23,145 verses do you know how many times God is called Father in the Old Testament? Just, just 11 times. 23,000 verses, only 11 times God is called Father in the Old Testament. In the Gospel of John alone, he calls God Father 122 times. 
out of 879 verses. Why does John call God Father? Because he's seen the Father through Christ. He's seen him up close and personal. He understands the Father, and he writes that we are his children. He understands the relationship because he's seen him in fullness through Christ. We're not just seeing God, we're seeing our Father. Jesus calls him Abba, Daddy. A very close and personal and loving God. And you take this New Testament and you add it to the Old Testament and then you can see that is the same loving God all the way through, even in the Old Testament. It completes the picture. So not only does Jesus reveal what the Father is like, Jesus reveals what humanity is should be like. Jesus also reveals to us the perfect example of humanity. Our perfect example is him. He, 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 he comes, he shows us uh, this is how we are to be what God's designed us to be and wants us to be in relationship with him. This is how we are to live. Jesus shows us that perfectly, how we're to be in relationship with the Father so we can thrive while we're here on earth waiting for that final relationship to be fulfilled in heaven. The early church leader Paul, he writes to the church in Ephesus, he says this, in, in, in 5.1, he says, imitate God. He's telling the church, imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do, because you're his dear children, imitate the Father, dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He's given us an example how to live. He helps us see what humanity should be like. And the last thing that Jesus reveals to us, not only does he reveal the Father and reveals what we should be like, he reveals what eternity will be like. For we know in the story this baby born on Christmas Day would one day rise up to be a man and die on a cross and be buried and three days later rise from the grave Jesus shows us the first time ever a resurrected body and he says this is yours too because I've bridged the chasm that was caused by sin I built the bridge and he shows us what eternity can be like Jesus actually doesn't say hey wait on this this is one day what heaven's like Jesus brought the kingdom of God in heaven down now we see it now because we have new life now when we follow him it changes us we're tasting eternity now, but one day it will be fulfilled when he comes back. He shows us what one day is going to be like. We have a taste of one day in heaven when we're in this perfect relationship with the Father, with perfect physical, perfect spiritual bodies. Jesus not only gave us the present of God's presence. It's our last sermon on here together. Jesus gave us the presence of peace. You always see this word peace around his name. Why? Jesus' presence to us was a present that gives us peace. So how does that work? 
Well, let's jump into Colossians chapter one, verse 15, where it kind of ties all, it's kind of key scripture today, it ties everything together what we're talking about. It says, Christ is a visible image of the invisible God. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Jesus is present to us, came down on that first Christmas day and he made peace between heaven and earth through his own sacrifice. He made peace between humanity and the Father. What's that peace? Well, let me add up all the sermons so far. Because of Jesus doing this, we have new life. We don't walk in darkness and now we know the Father. And that should give us peace, amen? It gives us peace that if I know I have new life today and I can't wait to see my new life one day in heaven and if I know I am walking in darkness in this world but I have the light in me and if I know this personal God, my Father who loves me that would send someone, send himself down to do this for me and bridge that chasm, yeah, I have peace now no matter what's going on because I got this and that's the peace he gives Jesus said these very words in John 14 verse 27 as he's getting ready to fulfill his mission I'm leaving you with a gift peace of mind and heart and the peace I give is a gift this world can't give you so don't be troubled or afraid. Reach into the manger here. In the manger, we got a gift. It's a gift of peace. Jesus has brought us this gift. He has revealed the Father. He's revealed who we should be. And he revealed what heaven's gonna be like, not only now, but later. It's all in this gift. It's a free gift. But you have to open it. He doesn't force this gift on you. Love doesn't work that way. Every one of us has to open it and look inside. And there we'll find new life, light in the darkness and a father who's close so close that Jesus left us the Holy Spirit that that father dwells in us many of you have opened this gift can I encourage you this Christmas season you carry this gift wherever you go and there are billions of people out there that walk in darkness whose Christmas could be changed forever because you bring them the same gift of peace and introduce him to a savior. And some of you have never opened this gift. Some of us today have maybe never opened this gift and decided to follow Jesus, the one who changed my life, changed most of our lives in here, and today's maybe a day you're wrestling with that. That Christmas has just been a lot about gifts. And never opened this present. 
I still don't have new life. I still walk in darkness and I don't know what eternity is going to be like or I don't have confidence. You can open this gift today. We'd love to help. Because this gift, we have peace with Jesus who brings us peace with God and that gives us peace with others and that's why we walk every day in peace. This gift, this box is a gift of a relationship between us and the Father through Jesus. I'll give you a quote. This quote is mine. I usually quote other people, but today I wrote one. I don't know how fancy it is, but the peace of this world is based on circumstances. The peace of God through Jesus is based on a relationship. And he doesn't care what the circumstances are because you have peace. So let me finish up with that story. Back with uh, T.F. Torrance, the theologian and chaplain in World War II, bending over the side of the 19-year-old who's dying right in front of him. Can you imagine as a 19-year-old knowing your life is ebbing from you And your only thought on your mind is this. Padre, is God really like Jesus? The deepest cry of the human heart. And Chaplain Torrance responded. He said, God is indeed really like Jesus. There is no unknown God behind the back of Jesus for us to fear he leans down his ear he says to see the Lord Jesus is to see the very face of God what a gift Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 reads, For a child is born unto us, a son is given to us. 
The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Jesus brings us peace in many ways. He gives us peace inside when we were saved by believing in him. We will also have peace knowing God will heal our broken world, and Jesus will come again to finish his saving work. The first week we lit the candle of hope to remind us of hope for life, for new life, and life in heaven one day. The second week we lit the candle of joy. Those who recognize Jesus and know him have great joy. This week we will we will light the candle of peace. Peace comes from trusting the God promised that through Jesus. Jesus said in John 16, verse 33, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take my heart because I have overcome the world. At times our world can be scary, but we are not afraid because we have the peace of Christ. This peace is a gift for us to open. This gift is also for us to give to others so they can have peace in this Christmas. Thank you, guys. So that brings us to a time of offering, and this is where a time where we worship God together as one family in how we give. Again, giving is a response what's already happened so let's bow our heads together and, and let's pray in this offering together Heavenly Father Lord we, we pray that every person sitting in these seats probably has a different offering to give to you Father I'm asking that if there's people here today that have not opened that present to love Christ and follow him and have that peace that they open that gift today and that's our offering to you Father is they want to be in relationship with the Father and Father if they're here today just have them write on their connect card if they're online with us just, write, just fill out that connect card and say I made that decision to follow today and then we're going to follow up with you or you can come up right after the service and just meet with us and we're going to every one of us has had somebody walk with them to make that decision and we've never turned back so Father maybe the biggest offering today is to open a gift maybe our other offering today fathers we have three four hundred people come through here today is that we carry that gift of peace to somebody else father bring in our minds right now people that are hurting lost walking in darkness don't know know what new life is and don't know the father father can our offering today be a bold one to, that your spirit's in us and you are in us and that we can carry that present to somebody else and offer it to them just like Jesus offered it to us Trust the results to you that they can have peace too. Father, our other offerings are our financial gifts, the church's mission here. We have missionaries around the world from our church presenting the same gift of peace all around the world today. And we fuel that mission by how we give because we love to give. We love to see people come alive. We love to see people have new life. We have a ministry here called the Homestead that gives new life. All that goes to that. 
all the discipling, everything we do here to awaken to Christ, know the Father. So Father, our offering today, every week, is we're going to give the best we can give, whatever that decision is today, because of how you've given to us your best, your son, who lived and died and rose for us. So Father, let from this room and from online, let our offering be a fragrant offering and just give. We only give today with great joy. Let us give with great joy and peace together. We pray this in the mighty name of Christ and all God's people said, amen.